Welcome back to ESM Squared, the podcast for experienced social media marketers. This is part two of my interview with Jeff from the digital agency Syat. In part one, he shared some great theories and strategies to try out on TikTok, some key figures that he uses for performance tracking. He tells me all about how he does his reporting for his clients depending on their business objectives, some really valuable insights from Jeff about where to be on social media and how to adapt content to each channel. In fact, everything Jeff shared with me was really insightful. Part two is up now. Happy listening, guys. Do you have a particular campaign in mind that you're proud of? And maybe you could share another with us, which was a failure? Yeah, for sure. Um, So one campaign that I'm, I'm proud of uh, was a, a campaign we la- ran last year. Uh, it was a recruitment campaign. Um, so we work for a client that, that recruits um, students out of university. And it was really cool through Facebook ads, we were able to target the specific universities with the specific majors of interest to that, to that client, to that brand. And then we were able to use, reflect that in the creative. So uh, we were able to say, uh, we had a couple of videos and, and also graphics that, that just kind of said, hey, student of this university, we want to meet you. Sign up for a, a session to, to learn more about, about our, our brand and, and see if you're interested. And that it worked really well. I think it resonated uh, with, with the audience really well because it was shouting out specifically to their to their school. And it also grabbed attention really quickly because all of the ads had the name of the the school right right in the first few seconds or, or right in the graphic so we we saw a really good uh, cost per click through to the website for signups and then they reported um, at those so they hosted some info sessions at the schools where they were recruiting from and that's what we were trying to get people to sign up for and they had they reported to me that everybody who walked in through the door was like oh i saw your ads on on instagram or I saw your ads on Facebook. It was so cool. Um, you know, we had some pictures of, of employees who would be at the info sessions. So they're like, oh, I recognize you from the ads that we saw. So they saw a really good res- uh, response from the ads, not only from an analytics side in, in um, Facebook ad manager, but also in person with people recognizing them and, and really, um, really, yeah, obviously resonating with them. So it was really cool to see. This was the first campaign that I've I run on Facebook ads where there was such a good re- reaction with with actual people you know reporting that that it did very well. We run other ad campaigns where you know it's it might be a global campaign, so you're not actually hearing from the individuals who see the ads that it was really effective. So it was really cool last year to be able to hear about these people who who saw the ads that I created and and really liked liked the ads and they were really effective. That's so great because Facebook ads is tricky. Yeah, there's, I've been doing Facebook ads for a couple of years now, and it is it is tricky. You, ha- you kind of get a good sense, though, once you've been doing it for a while, you kind of get a good sense for what kind of ad is going to do well. And it really comes down to stopping people from scrolling and then delivering something of value within, like, right away that isn't asking too much. I've had campaigns that have failed where we're asking too much. Uh, we have a cold audience and we're just asking them immediately to, to transact or, or um, click through. And those, those campaigns don't do as well. 
but with this recruitment campaign, we were, we were just asking people to sign up to learn more. So we're not really asking for a lot. Um, it's a low barrier. And that, that often helps to get people to, to uh, transact. A campaign that didn't do very well, um, one that we put a lot of time and effort in, we scheduled a day-long video shoot. We were going to interview, um, I think we ended up interviewing like five or six employees. We were there all day, whole setup. We had the lights, camera, um, all the gear. And we did this this uh, series of videos about the employees and, and telling different stories. It was really cool. Everybody loved it. Um, when we put it out on social, it, it really flopped. Uh, the engagement wasn't very good. The first video, the first couple we put out did okay. And then after that, it kind of trailed off. And in, in looking back on it, we realized we had spent too much time in creating these these intros for the videos. Um, and we, we created a series and we, and we realized in hindsight that the fact that it was a series kind of had people, they already knew what to expect and they, were, they weren't interested in it. And within the first, we spent too long in the intro, so it didn't get into the content quick enough. So people were just bouncing. And then, you know, the next time they see it come up, they're like, ah, oh, not interested. So we had some good learning out of that that we've, we've been able to use, but that, that really flopped. And it was too bad because we had some really cool interviews that we had, we had set up there. But, you know, you, uh, you learn from your mistakes and, and you, you move on. Exactly what I was going to say. You learn from your mistakes and, you know, you can't, you can't get better at something unless you do it wrong in the first place. So. But, and that's, that's huge. I think that's a huge insight for social media marketing in general is that the, the, because social is something that we're posting all the time, we're pumping out so much content, we're doing so much. It's not something that we can be super perfect about. And it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's almost like a living thing, the content that you're putting out, because it's, it's, it's going out so, like every day that you have so much coming out of your, your brand. Um, it's kind of like its own living entity that you're just trying to morph into the right direction rather than it being one thing that you create and you put out there and it's perfect. Um, and this is why, you know, looking into analytics and, and, looking at insights is so important because you know you have this living entity that's out there on these platforms and you just want to push it in the right direction so that you know you're doing more video or or less intros or you know you're spreading it out and and that kind of thing and and it's exactly what you're saying you have to learn from those your mistakes and you can't be too proud because if if you're too proud you'll blame it on something else like oh you know it was Whatever it was, like oh, it was summertime. You know, if we had we had posted the 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 interviews over in the winter, it would have been fine. No, you have to be humble enough to say, you know, no, I made a mistake. Let's make it better and and let's let's push this this uh, this living entity on social in the right direction. And everybody's trying things out for the first time, right? Like TikTok comes on onto the scene, and I'm I'm sure in in a few years we'll look back at the first splash that that people made on TikTok and, and think like, oh, the, you know, they made all these mistakes, but they were trying and, and growing. And, and that's just the nature of, of this, this world. That's it. I mean, I don't think that there are many accounts out there that got it right immediately. We just didn't yeah. know them then. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, does everything always go as planned? Or is there room for a little bit of impro sometimes? Yeah, so this this bounces back to to what I've been saying already. Um, with brands being being polished, put together on on social, and really wanting to 
to really follow a, a specific brand guideline and look very good on social. This is kind of a pitfall for, for brands because you need to be able to move quickly and be flexible um, and improvise as you go. And it's tricky when, when you're dealing with, with brands or if, you, you know, if, if you're a part of a brand that is very specific and it, and it takes weeks to get um, artwork you know, approved and content approved, it's hard because I think, you, I think you're absolutely right, Emily. You do have to be uh, flexible and you need there to be room for improvisation, especially when we're pushing more into a time when we have, have content that is more in the moment on, on some of these platforms like Instagram stories or, or Snapchat or, or TikTok, where you really have to be flexible to say, all right, today, because this wasn't there yesterday, today we have to create something and push it out. Or, you know, we had this plan for today, but we have to change it because this has happened. Um, I, and you get a rewarded for that. And I think your audience um, appreciates that to see a, a, an account that is like in the moment and, and really like active rather than just putting out content that's been created previously. Um, one of my favorite examples, I forget which Super Bowl it was, but do you recall when um, Oreo, when the power went out, Oreo posted a, a tweet and they were like, um, you can still dunk in the dark. Uh, but that's like the perfect example because that was one of the most memorable moments of that Super Bowl from from a marketing perspective, which which really is a great example. And it, and it should be, you know, an inspiration to us all that you, you need to be able to move quickly and be adaptable and, and improvise. Um, absolutely. Yeah. If you're quick on your toes, you can you can get out there quickly and, and, and get the perfect message at the perfect time. I mean, obviously yeah. not every time, as you say, but but everyone has the opportunity. You're right. Yeah, I've I've read some breakdown from that moment, um, discussing Oreo and their and their marketing strategy and their marketing team, and and I read some really great articles that that was that were saying, that, you know, that didn't happen overnight. It wasn't just someone who said, "Oh, we should make that tweet." It came from developing a culture within the marketing team of being willing to be flexible, willing to try new things, willing to not make it perfect, um, which I think is is really what should be learned from from brands that do that and that we should be applying to, to, to the work that we're doing on social media is that to create a culture within within that marketing world that we things don't have to be perfect and that we have to be willing to try things and, and be happy to, yeah, to, to be flexible and not be too perfect. And coming back to the humor side of things, like the the Oreo example, and uh, when we were talking about memes and stuff earlier, and maybe doing new things on TikTok with depending on the the target audience, do you think that there are brands and businesses who really can't go there for whom it would oh, not be appropriate? I'd say a lot of the, <laughs> I'd say a lot of the brands that we work with uh, choose not to go there because yeah, more they're they're more business to business and and they're quite buttoned down humorous content it's easy to go too far and it is really hard to hit it just right i think there are brands that should stay away from it every brand should have a mission statement for for each platform that they're on and sometimes like humor just doesn't fit into it it's interesting like with the tiktok algorithm it's more true than ever but instagram's algorithm is pushing in this direction too as algorithms get smarter and they can um, categorize content so it's not just putting out content, uh, putting content in, in people's feed because um, a friend liked it or um, it's similar to an account that they follow or they looked at it yesterday. 
now with, you know, I think about like the Instagram Explorer section and TikTok's algorithm, we're getting to a point where the platforms know what content is and they can categorize it and then they can push it out based on what people actually like. So it's so important that you focus on one thing so that Instagram knows your entire account is about that one thing to put in front of people who might like it. And that's how you get engagement, recurring engagement because if people love this niche, they're gonna come back and, and engage with all your content. So if you just try to pull things that work for other people and put it into your feed, you're gonna kind of throw off the algorithm in that way. And that's why the strategy you, you brought up, uh, Emily, for, for TikTok is a, is a smart one. And it's one that really works well on Instagram as well that doesn't really allow for you to just try something because somebody else did it and it worked for them. Mm, I love that um, that analysis of how the algorithm works because obviously nobody really knows how it works, but that actually makes yeah. a, such a lot of sense. Yeah, like in, Instagram can can read and, and sort of figure out what your content is about. And, um, and I've had the opportunity to follow influencers before they became big and, and see, okay, so they're, when they shift to just posting about one thing all the time, it really helped them grow because yeah, the algorithm likes that, but also your audience likes that. Um, you know, I, I use my own, um, Instagram account as an example um, for a little while, I was, I was really, um, into coffee and, and posting about coffee all the time and it did well. And then, um, I've had a couple of kids and so obviously my interests have, have shifted a little bit and I'll be posting pictures of my kids now, like interspersed with pictures of coffee. And I always use my own Instagram as an example of like what not to do because I, 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 um, you know, I'm not appealing to coffee people with pictures of kids and I'm not really appealing to like family people with pictures of coffee. And it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it, it, you know, like that's not something a brand should do where you have these two different kinds of content that you're always posting. Um, you want to have one, one feature. So, you know, if I were to focus solely on coffee, then I could grow a following of, of coffee lovers and, and, and go in that direction. And then I would get be shown more often on, on the Instagram Explorer too, because now my content's all about coffee that's getting pushed out. And, and that's a, you know, that's kind of like a, an example from a personal account to use for, for branded accounts too, is like, you got to make sure your focus is singular and, and, and you're really all over it. And, and you're part of that, that niche, that community on, on social media. Where do you get your inspiration? Yeah, so um, I pull inspiration from all over the place. This is something that I try to be super intentional about. Um, so some things that, that I like to do is, um, one, I love to read marketing books. Um, it's, it's really cool because, you know, there, there are influential marketers out there who, who see something that's a little bit different and they see it all the time. They develop it into some, they develop their own ideas around it and then they write a book and then we have all of this access to those insights. So I like to read, uh, books about marketing as much as, as possible. Um, to, to, to see where trends are going in marketing, but also to be able to sit back and, and think about things strategically. Um, I, I recently read a book called uh, Killing Marketing that was, that was really good, uh, talking about how content marketing is so important and, and that we have to think about our content more about as media than marketing. 
And I thought that was a really cool book that, you know, I'm now taking that to, to bring to clients to say, yeah, you know, we're not just trying to get people to do something. We're trying to, to provide them something of value in of itself uh, by consuming content. Um, I also find like inspiration at, at looking at, at best practices, what's really like working for other people. Um, you know, you can go and you can research uh, the best kind of video to post and you might learn, okay, it's a 15 second short in story format. And that's, that's your kind of like jump off point to figure things out. Um, and, and then also like, um, um, spending time on, on social myself. Um, I love Alexander McQueen. I follow a lot of, of high-end fashion brands because I love the creativity they put into things. And it's cool. Like creativity is, is really just, you know, taking something that's there and applying it in a new way. So I love to follow social media accounts and, and kind of take something that's really creative that they've done and looked at how can I apply that to this client. And I'm often, as I'm scrolling, I'm like, oh, we could try that for, for this brand. Um, that's, that's really cool. And then I also try to be really um, intentional about paying attention to things in, in my surroundings as I'm going about uh, throughout my day. My wife is, um, is an avid uh, book collector and often, you know, I'm, I'm um, hanging out with the boys and, and I'm looking on the bookshelf and, and I found a lot of inspiration just like looking at books and, and book covers and stuff like that, um, especially like classic ones and, and stuff like that. You know, the way they, that they've made uh, the typography and the way they presented things is, is really cool. So it's just being, yeah, trying to be intentional about being present and, and noticing things in, in my surroundings to be um, inspired by. I find it so cool to learn how fashion is created and and learn you know someone was like oh i was visiting my my dad and i saw his vintage car and it inspired me with this this collection of clothes and i think that's so cool so i try to do that for myself um because yeah i think it's really important to be to give ourselves uh time and space to to think of these things outside of work outside of the pressures of work and that often happens like throughout the day off hours you know at, at night and when we're hanging out with people um a, a really cool quote that i'll share with you from my favorite uh, psychologist um a little disclaimer uh, i i'm a psych major from in from university so uh i i have that kind of uh, side of things to push into marketing but uh his name is uh carl young he's uh, my favorite psych psychologist and he says um but without this playing with fantasy, no creative work has ever yet come to birth. The debt we owe to the play of imagination is incalculable. And this is this kind of is really cool and inspires me to be present and, and take in my surroundings and, and, and be present in, in everything to look for inspiration because you never know when you're going to come across something that's, that's really cool and that you're going to go, yes, like that's, this is what I've been waiting for. That will be perfect to put into that video project or that post that I have planned to create tomorrow. Is there anything you can tell me about your work that would surprise me? Um, I mean, I'm in social media, so I feel like nothing I, I say can really surprise you. Um, I'm what, what might be something that you don't expect, I, I kind of must say that one of my favorite social media platforms is Pinterest. Um, I really love the platform because it's, it's really focused on, on ideas. Um, 
it's I, I find it cool for the work that I do to pull ideas from there, but also uh, I'm really into fashion and, and it's cool to see trends emerging on, on Pinterest before they might come to, to, to other platforms and, and you know retail stores that we might see in a mall. Um, so that might be surprising um, that I, I'm into to Pinterest. The other thing is one of the, the new brands that we've, we've onboarded is, um, is a, 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 a cannabis company. Um, so I'm here in Canada. Uh, cannabis is is legal um, legal here. So we uh, we're currently navigating with a with a cannabis company um, how to, to kind of enter into the social world um, as there's a lot of stigma around around cannabis and and how we want to help them uh, navigate that and and kind of uh, figure out how to how to represent on on social media as as um, regulations shift over time and. And um, they they try to yeah try to, to to make a name for themselves that that isn't what people are expecting. That is interesting. So, <laughs> and do, do you have anything in mind? Or sort of how are you going to get them on social? What are you going to post? Like, can you can you spoil or not? Um, yeah. So the, so the account has been running for a little while now. Um, I, my recommendations were to really focus around uh, education. There's actually a lot to know. I, I knew nothing about cannabis before working on this account. There's a lot to know, and there's a lot to know that that kind of um, can you can kind of do two things at once: educate people, but also try to reduce some stigma around cannabis um, and what it what it's about, um, and and so on. Um, because there's yeah there's some stereotypes that go along with it that um, legal cannabis dispensaries in, in Canada are trying to combat. So by educating people about cannabis, you can also kind of combat that. So that's that's kind of like the content we're going after. There's a lot of regulations as to what can actually be posted. Um, so it has we have to be really strategic. Okay, so four quick fire questions. Number one: What takes up most of your time as a social media professional? Um, researching new ideas. It's, it's easy to throw things into a, a calendar or, or discuss with clients, but coming out with original ideas, I, I spend a ton of time doing that. What is your range of tools for community management? Oh man, we use so many. Um, I use uh, Iconosquare for a ton of stuff like scheduling content and a lot of an- analytics. Uh, we use Linktree for uh, links and bios. Um, we're big into SEM Rush for, for looking at trends on, on the internet. Um, we also use a lot of Google Analytics to tie in web data with with social data. Um, I'm on Google Trends a lot, figuring out what's going on, what's what's happening, and also it's like social media platforms themselves to research stuff as well. Uh, what are your favorite accounts on social media? Yeah, so I like I said, I really like Pinterest, but you don't really follow specific accounts on Pinterest. Uh, my next favorite, uh, I really like Instagram. My favorite account to follow is uh, Alexander McQueen. They're really cool because they they really seem like they're not they're doing their own thing. They're not trying to follow trends. Um, they post these short 15 second videos that are really creative, and and kind of like go against what other people are doing typically. So I, I really love to follow Alexander McQueen. You've already given loads of advice to the people listening, but what would your ultimate advice to community managers be? Get really established in in the brand know it really well so that you can quickly know like right away if you're trying to be quick okay this is how this brand or our brand would react to something 
um, really get on top of that. And then I'd also advise plan time every month, every three months, plan a few hours to get away, disconnect, turn things off and really just figure out some strategy stuff. Um, we, with social media, you can get so quickly tied up into what brand managers and, you know, CEOs and owners are asking from you. And also, you know, other people in the marketing team are expecting from you. And also, you know, new trends are coming out. People are putting pressure on that. We have to do more of this kind of content. You need to schedule time every once in a while to like push that stuff aside and really sit down and say, okay, what, what do we want to do as a brand? How do we stay true to who we are at the core? and so on like you need to spend that time um outside of all those pressures and and really look at at strategy yeah back to basics and just figure out what's really important and then focus the most part of your efforts on that yeah i agree jeff thank you so much for your time today thank you for being so inspiring and having so many interesting things to say Uh, for all the amazing advice which I'm sure is going to come in handy for lots of the listeners today as it has for myself. It's my pleasure I I really love talking um, all things marketing and and social media and I like the opportunity to really dig in and and talk about the the meaning behind things because as 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 we all know with in client meetings and and uh, marketing meetings we we don't really get to talk about you know the blogs that we read and these ideas that we had we really just have to talk about uh, what we're doing tomorrow and and what the marketing's going to look like so this has been really fun to to get into this conversation and, and I hope it's uh, valuable to people. Mm-hmm.